Well, I'm not stinky, that's for sure. I took a shower, I think. It's... <laughs> I'm just coming up with adjectives with ours. It's, it's good fun. I'm learning yeah. English. <laughs> How are what? you, man? What, is it? what does odorous mean? Odorous means you stink. Ah, but I don't, yeah. because I shower. Lucky well, human. Uh, there's, no, there's no proof of that. I am human, after all. Until you start Obly fans... For the, for the guys, there'll be no proof that you showered. Honestly, my <laughs> there was so, okay. I'll 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 give a quick story. Uh, my girlfriend was hobbying with me this weekend, and of course, Shamelat was in the chat, and he was like, oh, no. "Oh, have you have you told her about the Obi fans?" And she's like, "Obi fans? Yeah, I'm like your biggest fan." It's like. Uh, that's not really quite what he means, though. <laughs> so, like, what does it mean? It's like, do you know what OnlyFans are? And she's like, nope. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no. Sweet girl. Keep her on this point. She's too kind for this place. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, dude. That's funny. Nice. Awesome. Um, well, today... Before we get into our you know, normal banter, um, I thought that we would have a chat about collecting for the Nintendo 64. You know me, I'm always at a game of the retro games and whatnot. So I just thought, yeah, this would be fun. Sort of a follow-up to our Game Boy Color episode. Exactly. Exactly. So how you been? What's going on, Obi? I'm sure you got lots um, going on. Not lots, lots, but I've finished a lot and i've had a really good weekend um some of you might know that my girlfriend had her birthday last week i did i said happy birthday correct and she appreciated that and her favorite uh, australian just deal with it guys (laughs) (laughs) Uh, besides anxious of course oh yeah my bad of course sorry anxious is just stealing everyone's gfs and wives it's not fair yeah yeah, I don't know how she does it. She's like a chick magnet. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, uh, I gave her a painted miniature of herself. Uh, and she totally loved that one. Uh, so That's much awesome. that she got... So much she got inspired to do a diorama for it. Oh, uh, cool, man. So she's going to make a tree... Uh, like a really old tree that's like twisted in together. So yeah, like she... a gnarled oak or something. Yeah, exactly. So that's the reason why she was sitting next to me and hobbying this weekend. So oh man, you guys are gonna turn into like nerd forge. Yeah, <laughs> like and and I was like, oh, you know what would be really cool if you put like an LED in the middle of the trunk and like <laughs> have a crystal. It's like it's like yeah, it would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we're, we're bouncing get, off all each other. How did you get the miniature done up? Did you go through like Hero Forge or something like that, or exactly? I've yeah. uh, I've used Hero Forge. They have like really a lot of presets, and you know she's like very plant interested. So I thought, okay, they have an outfit actually with a lot of uh, leaves on it and stuff like that. And then they had like uh, dreadlock hair. 
and I just gave it like a custom pose, like she's holding up a piece of apple or like looking at a leaf or whatever. So yeah, because yeah, as much as you're a standard elf with your knife ears, your missus is basically a wood elf, right? Like yeah, she's as close as a human would get to a wood elf. She just loves trees. Yeah, it's very much into nature, so I thought that one would have been really perfect. I don't think any Warhammer miniatures would have done nicely. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's why I made a custom one. And I think that's so much cooler, though, anyway. Like, just get yeah. There's only yeah. one of them, then. One of one, you know. Well, there's actually two. I made, oh. <laughs> I had two printed up, but... Uh-huh. Just and case. I still have... Yeah, just in case I didn't like the first one, so... Cool. Yeah, and besides that, uh, I finished up my Redemptor today. Yesterday, sorry. And it's been a little bit of a hassle, to be honest. It's been arduous for you. I've watched you struggle. Yeah, like... Even with clear coats, I still rubbed off the paint. And I was pretty much done with it yesterday. I was like, okay, I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to put some transfers on it as well. So I clear coated like two coats of gloss and one coat of satin. And then I put on the transfers. And while I was putting on one of the transfers, I still managed to rub through the paint. That's insane, man. Because like... Yeah. I... I sat, did one coat of satin finish on my Redemptor. No issues. Yeah. That's no. so, so weird. In my, so, I don't know, man. I blame Sweden so, shenanigans. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just painted it up as battle damage and clear coated it a couple of times again so it would be... That's exactly what I would have done. Conform it a little bit more. So yeah, I'm going to take pictures of that pretty soonish and chug it up. Yeah. On some of the socials. Yeah, exactly. Keep an eye out on Facebook. I'll put that up for sure. Hell yeah. Not that we're social media people, but you know. Yeah. We'll be out there. We'll make it its way there. I'm struggling with it too, but I'll try. There's a couple of cool things that we've given our patrons that I kind of want to post a couple of pictures of as well. So... Um... Yeah, that's pretty... It's very exciting times. Yeah, especially yeah. to be a Patreon. So. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, for sure. And as far as the social media goes, I'd rather actually just hang out with our Discord friends. Correct. And um, actually produce quality content than uh, spend our time on social media rotting our brains. So that's why we don't really engage with it too much. We're yeah. happy to hang out with it with anyone that listens to our podcast. We're just not social media people. We're exactly. busy people. So... Besides hobbying, finishing the Redemptor, having my missus next to me, I've also ran a watch party for some Warhammer Plus content yesterday, so... Oh, dude, I saw that. I was so bummed that I was busy. I was like, nah. Nah. Yeah, Yeah, so if you want more of that kind of stuff, join us in on our Discord. Yeah, that's right. Get to see his painting as well. I'm usually in my underwear, you just can't see it, so... (laughs) it's hot man it's hot i've kind of planned to get her a custodes paint off as well so uh if you guys want to join in with us painting once my 
once my airbrush is fixed, man, um, and I strip these fucking models, I'm in. We're doing it. I've chosen yeah. my uh my hosts and everything. I'm doing the uh the purple ones. Um, yeah. I don't know what they're called. Off top the of my head, no, they're, they're, they're something shields. Hold up, I'll pull it up for you. Aquilin cool. shields. That might be them. Oh, uh, yeah, Aquilin shields. So they're gold with purple. Yeah. Like a podcast, I know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be cool. We're very excited. You know? Yeah. Um, so, enough what, about me. What have you been doing? Because you had a couple of busy days. Man. Um, so I've been actually really busy with hobby. For once, everyone will be happy to know that I've returned to painting Warhammer once more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at, at, at a breakneck speed, actually, I think you were shocked at how fast yeah. I painted up those four or five models. Yeah. Um, I did five in two weeks, which, like in two sessions, which is huge for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not doing no slap chop painting either. Like, I'm doing proper volumetric highlights and stuff like that with my grayscales it's pretty tricky mm. so but it's just uh getting used to the systems again getting quick at them again and to be honest i'm really sick of the models that they're on they're the uh, infiltrators so i'm just yeah. going at it with no fear of ruining them and just yeah. doing it and i'm getting better because of it so that's great um but basically i moved my hobby desk and my computer desk and all that into one room so now i just have this mad like hobby space going on um, it's not all the way there yet. I got some tidying to do and some shelves and stuff to put up, but you know, it's definitely getting there. It's good to have everything in one space. I can hang out with the people on Discord while I paint. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got that. Um, also, been uh moving moving my girlfriend's stuff into my place, so that's a huge step. Uh, but yeah, that's great. She's a nice chick. But today, today was the day. Today was arduous. So, mm-hmm. you know this, though, because I've been texting you throughout it. Yeah. I was trying to go to... I was trying to fall asleep. I jumped in bed at 1am. Now, I'm someone that passes the fuck out once I go to bed. Nah. My body did not allow me to sleep until about 5, mm. 5.30 this morning. I then woke up... Or yesterday morning, I should say. I then woke up at 9am. And in 36 degree heat... With no sleeves on my shirt, we moved houses for my girlfriend today. I am red as a fucking lobster. I'm dehydrated as a motherfucker. I've had about four hours sleep. Now, that was cool. I got to hang out with uh, a certain cousin of mine that's in witness protection for the day. That was really mad. Um, that was fine. We got it all here. It's looking amazing. Um, I actually have some news in regards to some other projects soon because of that. But then we're hanging out after dinner. You know, I'm trying to watch Chainsaw Man just relax. And uh, Danny, start, Danny, my dog, starts freaking out about how itchy her ears are. Like, she has floppy ears, so they get itchy on it. It happens. But this time, it was, like, really bad to the point where she was getting anxious. And they were all gunky and gross. And I was like, right, you need to go to the vets. So, midnight, we drive to the fucking emergency vets. Um, and $500 later... She's got an ear infection to poor darling, which we're sorting out. She's got all the good stuff for it. She's stoned off her face sleeping right now, and I'm still fucking not. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's now uh, 3 a.m. the next day, so I've been up for a very long time. <laughs> and we'll probably uh, be for a little while longer. Yeah, yeah. 
But hey, that's that's yeah, that's the grind. But um, no, what's really cool is um, in my living room, I have a really big living room, but I have this massive hulking couch. Like it had a chase, then a single seat, then it had another two, uh, a corner seat, two more seats, and a recliner. Like gigantic. Mm. Um, and we took that to the dump today and threw it away because it's about five years old. And now we're just going to have a three-seated couch and the whole layout of my lounge room has changed, which means that half of it is going to be, you know, my new 65-inch TV I'm going to get next year with my PS5 that I'm getting soon. And then the other half of the lounge room is going to be a fish room. So we're getting those 400 kilogram per shelf racks that's going to hold up to 10 40-litre fish tanks per rack. Um, mm-hmm. and we're hoping to get into fish breeding, but I'm also going to have room for my frog terrarium and my bearded dragon that I want to get. And it's going to be stellar. But I had this cool idea. That's going to be a huge project in itself, and I'll show you guys all those steps. But I had this idea. For a long time, I've wanted to make Helm's Deep in a fish oh, tank. Oh, like, yeah. coat it with silicon. But it's going to be a lot of work. So I came up with an alternative idea which I think is going to be just as cool. I want to make a diorama of Erebor, like inside the mountain, to mm-hmm. go in my bearded dragon's area with like oh, golden yeah. stuff, like fake golden, for him to hang out in so he can be Smaug. Yes, I love it. <laughs> like, won't that be glorious? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know, maybe put some LEDs and shit in there. It's a That's an ultra long-term thing, but I've been watching way too much Nerdforge, so... Ah, yes, the Nerd Forge. Mm. Yeah, yes. I watch it with my missus too. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. But yeah, that's so that's, uh, that's what's going on. Besides that, doing fish stuff. Well, Oscar has fucking hole-in-the-head disease, so that's a headache. Mm. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. I'm very tired, and I need a lobster nap. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually yeah. seen some of Anxious tanks. She was walking around in her breeding room. My yeah. lord, she has so much, so many tanks in there. It's yeah, amazing. yeah. So, just for the record, me and Tara, we we're gonna be breeding fish, but nothing like what Anxious is doing. She yeah. does mostly catfish and stuff like that. Whereas my oh. ours is gonna be more so, probably guppies and cichlids and things like that. Okay, just a bit more our pace. So, same, same, but different. You know, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it'll be cool nonetheless. Oh, dude, we're going to have plants and all that hanging everywhere. It's going to be like my own. We're actually putting a little two-person, like, tea like tea sitting area in there. So I can just grab a cup of coffee and sit and be surrounded by tanks and animals. It's going to be cool as fuck. Hell yeah. Looking forward to it. Fuck yeah. Anyway, now, on to today's episode. Tell me, what is a Nintendo 64? Because N64 stands for Nintendo. No. Yeah, yeah. All right, so... For the uninitiated, basically the Nintendo 64 is um, a gaming console by Nintendo from the 90s uh, that succeeded the Super Nintendo, so it came just after it. Mm. Um, It launched in 1996 in the US and Japan and 1997 for pretty much everywhere else. Production stopped in 2002. it featured 16-bit graphics and was the console generation, like, for Nintendo that took the plunge into 3D graphics for the first time, like, true 3D. Mm. 
not mm. just like optical illusions like actual 3D. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically, it was it's a very cool console. Um, the base console that you got, like the bone standard one, was grey. Um, it came with four control ports and this really wacky looking controller that, like, yeah. the, the design could only come from the 90s. Yeah. That's the only that was, place it could come from. That's, like, my w- one biggest gripe with the N64. I never owned one, and my family never owned one before either. But I had the chance to play on one a couple of times. What, and what, I what just, if I send you one? An N64? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, no. Please no, it, okay. it's I'll, I don't know I I couldn't that. deal with the 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 controls like why would it have a joystick in the middle? It's like how am I supposed to? Eh, I don't know I couldn't yeah. hold it yeah properly. It, it it was especially if you played a PlayStation at the same time yeah. and you had yeah. um or even going from the Super Nintendo to that and they were very fucky um mm. yeah I Nintendo, I had a Super Nintendo actually. Yeah, so the cool thing I've always liked about Nintendo is they do always push the envelope, mm-hmm. and because of that, it is hit and miss. Like, some of their design features really work, and they're still around, and yeah. some of them are just a complete miss, so they move away. But, yeah. you know, without that, gaming wouldn't be where it is without them pushing forward. So, mm-hmm. I love that shit. Um, yeah, so, you know, today we're going to just have a bit of a chat about a few things with them. Um... You know, and the main one is, you know, yeah. Why would you collect these? What, what would you want with one? It's a, th- you know, fucking probably nearly 30-year-old console. Like, <laughs> 25-year-old yeah. console. What do you want with it? Yeah. yeah I, I don't really remember any of the particular games that stuck out, but I did remember playing a airplane game ace combat could it then be pilot wings probably no no idea that one was pretty cool though but i kept flying into buildings so I did you ever play star wars rogue squadron no it was like a uh basically basically a fighter jet game but you were in star wars okay. on the n64 it was mind-blowing back then man absolutely yeah. mind-bending yeah, so, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can't recall. Yeah, there's cool. So yeah, some <laughs> sick things to start. You know, one one of the reasons, and my reason particularly, for why I love collecting for this console is the same reason as the Game Boy Color. Um, it's because not only does it come in grey, which is like, eh, whatever, but it comes in. A whole heap of co- yeah, whole heap of different colors, just like the Game Boy Color. Um, just for a quick rundown, um, you can get transparent. Uh, so all these are transparent for the first little bit here. Transparent green, transparent grape, like so purple, transparent orange, um, a watermelon colored one, and even an ice blue one, and like a smoky colored one. Like, mm. and that's just the start. Um, they have Pokemon editions, where, um, so there's one that only came out in Australia where it's a yellow on the bottom console, blue on top, with Pokemon stickers down the side. Um, as far as I know, it's an Aussie exclusive, um, and they go off for quite a bit, but they also did them in Japan and the US where they're physically a bigger console on one side, and it's because Pikachu's on there. 
like molded into the case and his foot is actually the reset oh. button and oh, they are cool sick. as hell man yeah i like that yeah so yeah um i have one of the rarer variants um and that is the toys r us exclusive gold one from the u.s and i also have the c3 jungle green one at the moment but my collection will be expanding because it's you know on the radar Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're done with the game, but colors not right. Um, I'm done with all the base set, so I okay. have what have we got? I've got atomic purple, standard purple, dandelion, kiwi green, berry. I've got yellow. Um, I think that's all the base. Oh, and aqua, and I have the see-through crystal one, and I have the Pokemon edition one. So I have no, eight no. Game Boy Colors in total. Yeah. But cool. I really want a Hello Kitty one still. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's thing. Hell yeah. yeah. Cool. Apparently there is also a very cool collectible market for the controller colors. So I'm assuming that they match the consoles then? Yeah, so they do match the consoles. Um... And then there are people that will pay top dollar for, especially for a box controller. Like, there are people that collect, you know, each color that came corresponding with those consoles. They will collect just the box controller. And they'll pay a couple of hundred bucks for a box controller. Jesus. Like, in its carton. Um, The gold ones are quite rare and hard to find. Also, the Pokemon ones are quite hard to find. Mm. Um... So, yeah, um, and even, like, you can pick up a standard controller for, like, 30, 40 bucks and nothing egregious, but you just gotta check the stick doesn't have too much wobble, because they get stick wobble, and if they do, you can replace them, but you should have a little bit of tech know-how, you know? Mm. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, but basically, yeah, they come in all different, uh, colours and shit. If you find a box controller at a garage sale or something like that, or even just you find a random controller for really cheap, like five bucks, just pick it up, man, because honestly, you'll probably make a bit of money on it even if you flip it. Like, you know, if you find a controller and it all works or, you, you know, it feels like it works and you get a way to test it, you sell that controller for 35 bucks. That's an easy 30 bucks, man, if you pick it up for cheap enough. Oh, yeah. Um, another good one is... The games came on cartridges. Now, these days, obviously, physical media is a lot more scarce, but mm. collecting cartridges is fucking cool, man. Like, there's just something about it. I don't know, maybe I'm just nostalgic, but I love that shit. Um, when you get them all stacked up in their boxes or uh, VHS cases, you, you get a box art printed out for a shit. They're just real cool. And this console has some fucking banger games on it, so... You know, it's worth collecting for just for the quality of the games alone. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, these consoles, I'm I'm guessing they are quite. They're going into like they're above the curve a little bit still. Like they're not quite there for like being a. You know the Game Boy colors are what's what's was cool for us back then, 
but at the end, 64 is like a little bit ahead of the curve, I would say. So um, the prices I are think, still reasonable. I think the thing about the N64 is, although it is pretty much right in that nostalgic curve that generally causes prices to rise and they have risen, mm. I think because of the fact that you need a TV that works with these to play on or they look a bit dog shit, Mm. Um, and because they're now being emulated on the Switch, so less people want them, you mm. can actually get them for decent prices at the moment. But if there's yeah. one thing I know, that is Nintendo will eventually go, okay, uh, the Switch is dead, and there's no way to access your N64 games unless you have them all saved or whatever anymore. So yeah. they will go up in price again. You know? Um, mm. That's just how it goes, but they also... They're just, they're just good to collect. Um, they're not overly expensive. You reckon the Switch will disappear soon? I think it'll be... I mean, the next console is definitely going to be there, but I'm I'm hoping that they just don't screw people over and just be like, ah, well, everything from the Switch and down is not going to be supported anymore by the next console. I, I think what they'll do is they'll leave it on for a while, but the uh, the Nintendo... 64 portion of the Switch thing is actually tied to your Nintendo Online. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't have Nintendo Online, you can't access those games that you have for the N64, unless you purchase them individually. But the emulator itself, mm-hmm. most people have that with the games that are there for paying mm-hmm. for basically premium Nintendo. So, mm-hmm. if they move to the next generation of console and they go, oh, we're shutting down the Switch service then in theory, you can't actually hold a Nintendo Online thing anymore, so you wouldn't be able to access those unless they make yeah. some changes there. And they did it with... They've done it in the past with the Wii Shop and with the Wii U Shop. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, and I'm always a hardware guy. Like, yeah, I have Steam and shit, like, because mm. it is convenient, but, like, I'd still rather buy a hard copy of it if it's a game I really like. You know, so... I don't know. I think but that like things like the Steam Deck and like the Switch with po- being able to port older stuff, I think that's gonna be really yeah. It's a good thing. Like, I mean, I'm a person who's more like I'd, l- I'd rather have one thing that does everything really well instead of just having the individual things because yeah. that would just clutter up my house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at look at. The shelf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things. But um, the other thing is too, and I, I'm not a very good example of this, but you can see one back there. Mm. Uh, but they display really well. So, like, I've always wanted to get one of those glass detolf cabinets from Ikea, mm. or even one of the wider ones, and have... The Game Boy Color on a stand with its roughly corresponding Nintendo 64 color on a stand. Oh, and a controller yeah. on the side as well. And just have it like boom, boom, boom with LEDs coming down. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to do. So they look phenomenal. A lot of people got some really cool display ideas from them. And mm. yeah. So real cool. Great. Hashtag, hashtag don't pour them in resin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I could turn any more red <laughs> but it's to preserve uh, them <laughs> that, that's oh what Lord. kills me is when people are like it's to preserve them I'm like bro 
Are you aware that an original Game Boy actually survived the Gulf War being bombed? They don't need preserving like that because you've actually ruined them. You've drowned innocent Game Boy colors, you fuck. <laughs> like, it's right. doing fine being preserved on its own. Take the batteries out and keep it dust free and be fine for years. <laughs> All right, we've done some of the, the pros here. We'll go down with the cons. And there's a, a few cons that could probably make or break your decision on collecting these, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so the f- you want me to get this one? Or would you I'll, like I'll take it. You you mentioned Excellent. a little bit earlier um, your TV. You're going to need like an old TV of some sort. So... Uh, it will it will look weird if it, what kind of a, a cable end is it again? Is it like so? It, it's a standard AV cable. So okay, so it's like the three prime and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of TVs that still have that stuff anymore. Uh, and yeah. most of the modern TVs will have like HDMI and DisplayPort and stuff like that. They won't even have this anymore. So you're gonna have to buy like some sort of uh, converter box or an upscaler or whatever to be able to play it on your modern system or your new TVs. So yeah, and even will... when you do, it's it's not nice. Yeah, it won't it won't look good. It looks stretched on the newer TVs uh, because they're not meant for that scale, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the other thing is too, it's off uh, older games are often very laggy when they're on the new TVs because the new TVs just aren't made with scan converters in them to process that. Yeah. Um, Like, they'll look laggy. And the other thing is, too, if you look at an old-school TV with the scan lines on them, they actually really mm. soften down pixel edges quite a lot. Yeah. So, like, even playing on the Switch and stuff, I actually prefer to play the original hardware because it looks nicer on my old-school rear projection TV. The graphics are a lot softer and more round, and it just looks like a period piece. Whereas playing on that, it looks really dated. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can see the yeah. edges of the bits. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the individual pixels. Whereas you know, mm. on an old school TV, it looks like a circle or whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah they're sort of bleed if, into each other more. Yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just uh, Google CRT versus modern monitor for 16-bit graphics and you'll see what we mean mm. um but basically there are some solutions for it you can buy what's called an open source scan converter it's about 200 bucks <laughs> and basically well it is a lot but if you're collecting <laughs> retro games in general not just n64s like if you have you know all of them like i have but you don't want to pick up an old tv or whatever or you can't find one in your area 200 bucks, you know, you get a SCART cable for each of them and they'll actually run. Uh, so you run a SCART cable, which is like the bigger one, mm. into the open source scan converter and that will actually do the processing that your television can't do mm. and will send it back to the television. It'll be virtually lag free. It'll have scan lines if you want them. You can mm. dial it in for different consoles. So it's just, you can make it work. There's just a bit of fucking around to do. Yeah. So. I mean, if if you've gone all the way to collect more than one of the N64 consoles, you'll probably still have a really old TV around or be able to pick one up. 
Yeah, they're so getting very Facebook rare to find, that. but uh, Man, yeah. I have one behind me. I don't know if you can see it, Obi. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's very large. It weighs more than my Volkswagen. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> yeah, I I remember having to fiddle around with those things, man. Like, like high, like going behind the TV to just. Put the cable in and out because something wasn't working and it's like blowing in the in the port yeah. and, and you oh, just no, never, feel never the either. heat of the lamp behind. It's like oh my god, my face is burning. <laughs> I've been playing so this I... thing for five hours. <laughs> my face. <laughs> Ga- enough gamma radiation to turn you into a Hulk. <laughs> exactly. Um, a really uh, good idea. A really good idea if you do have sort of the situation I have where you have an old TV and you have a heap of old consoles, go on eBay, they're quite cheap, get a multi-AV selector box. Because all you do then is you run your cables, uh, so your white, yellow, and red, from the the input Mm. to the back of this box, and then you run all of your consoles into the back of this box as well. And whatever one you want to play, you just press a button on the front, and it goes clunk, and connects over it's got a really satisfying click as well and you don't need to fiddle around with the cables like the most you'll have to do if is you know fiddle around with it on your console but you have to get behind Mm. the tv and turn to the hole to do it so yeah (laughs) it was like 15 bucks for an eight into one yeah so i thought that was pretty pretty fucking solid yeah i I had one for switching between the old vcr and uh my playstation 2 or playstation 1 even Um, so another, another con is, as we mentioned earlier, um, the controllers, man, they're fucking (laughs) weird. And not only that, like, if you're, if you got soft baby boy hands, the joysticks don't actually have rubber on them. They are a plastic knob with ridges on them. And let me tell you, some of those games, they require repeated, like, rotating (laughs) of them. I have literally torn holes in my blisters, hands. man, blisters. Yeah, <laughs> so what I have done in the past is I actually get um a piece of like band aid, like elastoplast, and I'll actually stretch that over the controller. It leaves a bit of residue, but it gives you a bit of traction. Doesn't yeah. tear you up as much. But the other thing is too, they um there's third party controllers that are better thought out, um. Hori made one. Um, Excuse it's me? what they call the mi- Hori, H O R I. Excuse me? Oh, okay. oh. Um, but basically, they made one um, called the Mini Pad. It feels more modern. It's basically got two control grips with more of a circular face, and I think it's even got rubber. So you're pretty yeah. spoiled on the uh, left side there on the stick. But they're. Those are pretty hard to come by now, like an original one. Um, yeah, you will see them here and there if you're looking, but if you don't know what they are, they just look like the Starship Enterprise. You're like, huh? But they also... They have such a good design that there's now third-party designs of the Hori Control. For the <laughs> N64. Okay. So they're about 30 bucks. So if you bust a controller and you're not concerned with authenticity or you just want good ones for you to play on and you want other ones for display... Pick one of those fuckers up, man. For real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you won't regret it. Cool. The next yeah. one is the games itself come loaded on cartridges. 
So, yeah. you know, the old classic technique of pulling them out, blowing on the blowing in them, putting it back in. It's probably not the correct way to do it, but no, it no, it's not. may be helpful in that situation right now. To properly clean them, you're going to have to disassemble them and get some IPA alcohol on it and clean it off every the time, proper way. Every time I see someone blow into a cartridge, I get another gray hair. <laughs> uh, it's fucking rough. <laughs> now, the, now, the reason why blowing on them actually does work, um, and I'm sure you understand this, Obi, is there's copper connector pins on the bottom of the cartridge. Mm. And sometimes that spit is the extra conductivity it needed to send the signal. <laughs> <laughs> right? What I do, I keep um, isopropyl alcohol or just a bottle of ice cold, like rubbing alcohol, yeah. uh, near my games usually, and a bunch of cotton swabs, like uh, for your ears. Yeah. And good practice before you fucking put a cartridge in, just give it a clean. Just quick little bit of, uh, just a bit of wetness from it on the, the isopropyl, on the just cotton button, and just give it a run past. You know? Mm-hmm. Do you have an addendum to that, Obi? Just a spritz. Yeah, a spritz, right. You you had your (laughs) hand up. I was like, yes, sir, you may speak. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like, you don't even need to spray it on the actual game. Just spray the little cotton bud. Just give it a rub. That will actually protect the pins of your console because you're not Mm. putting dirt onto them. Yeah. And if your console's the problem, if your uh, receiver is the problem, a trick that I do is I actually get an old, like, uh, not a credit card, but like a plastic card like that. And I wrap a cloth over it, like blue roll cloth, mm-hmm. and I wet that with um with isopropyl, and I insert it a bunch of times, like it's a game cartridge, and that will often yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> I insert vigorously, very <laughs> moistly, um, but that will often help clear the issue as well. So, but basically, if you don't know how to deal with cartridges, they can be very fucking finicky. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, finicky. definitely. Do they have um, batteries in them too, the cartridges? Most don't. I'm sure there's probably an example or two where they do, but mm. they don't generally. I think they have um that weird thing that like the PlayStation memory cards have. Actually no. No. You can actually some of them probably do, but you can actually get save things that go in the back of your controller. So you can take your save profile to your friend's place. It's like a removable memory card. Oh okay. um, just quickly, we haven't gone in the notes, but I'm just, just going to run through some shit. So, the RAM on the N64 wasn't enough for some games. Mm. So, they actually issued games with what's called an expansion pack. Which, mm-hmm. A, helped the graphics, and B, gave them more RAM. So, Donkey Kong 64, I think, uh, I think Perfect Dark Zero, and a couple of others, they had to have this expansion pack to be played. Um, and it goes in like this weird little trapdoor slot. So that's one weird thing. The other thing is they have what's called, you could have what's called a rumble pack in the back of your controller. Mm-hmm. So this was before DualShock shit. And basically mm. this plugged into the back of your controller and that was your vibration. Huh. Um, uh-huh. so yeah, you play Golden Eye and you're <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, and the other one is, like I said, removable memory cards from the controller. Mm, yeah, so, that's cool. Sorry, I just thought of those. Very cool. Um, yeah, so the other con is some of these early 3D games, man, they have aged very fucking harshly. Very harshly. Um, and some of them, 
are better just left in the past of your mind with those rose-tinted memories. You know, like, it depends how precious they are to you, but, like, mm. you look back at some of them and you're like, whoa, this isn't how I remember them. But they were harsh, man. Uh, 16-bit graphic games tend to age a lot better, I find. It's a more timeless art style. Those early 3D ones, fucking rough. Yeah. So, not all, but some. So, just something to consider before jumping in on them. Like, GoldenEye looks fucked. <laughs> it's still cool. I'll still play it. Anyone wants to fucking verse me GoldenEye, you come on over. Pizza's on me. <laughs> yeah. I think I played GoldenEye as well. I don't remember. There was a, so long there was a paintball cheat you could do against your friends, and everything just get covered in, like, neon paintballs. It was wild, dude. <laughs> Absolutely wild times. But, you know, so I think that's about it for the negatives to it, to be honest. There's, like, it's one of those things. If you're into yeah. retro game collecting, get a fucking N64. If you're mm. not into retro game collecting, now wait for our Warhammer episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, there are, as I said earlier, a shitload of fucking great games. For this console. Undeniably great. Not just great according to me who played them. Great mm. according to general consensus of the internet as well. So we're going to run you through a few. Yeah. Obi, would you like to hit it? Oh yeah, definitely. One that's probably on most people's minds is Super Mario 64. Super Mario is well known. And it was a game changing 3D platformer. Yeah, so before that, we had 2D platformers. Yeah. No one had cracked it the way they did. And when that game came out, people's brains fucking popped, man. Mm. Was Spiral also one of those games? It was, but pre uh, Super Mario 3, uh, like 3D... Super Mario 64 actually predates Spyro by a fair bit. Okay. Yeah, like I think... I'll have a look, but let's have a gaze. Um, another good one is Banjo-Kazooie. Um, it's kind of like Mario. Like, you know, like the aforementioned Mario 64. Mm-hmm. But with more bears and birds. Basically. Yeah. The, um, so basically you're a big fluffy fucking bear that goes around collecting, uh, Jigsaw pieces trying to defeat a witch, as far as I remember. And there's a bird in your backpack that helps you peck things. It's, oh. it's wild. Oh so Mario released in 1996. Mm-hmm. 1998 for oh, okay. the original Spyro. So two whole years. Mm. Two whole years. Which, it doesn't sound like much, but in the gaming climate of the 90s, that was like, that was a fucking arms race, man. Yeah. So, Next one. The famed Mario Kart 64. (laughs) It's classic for ruining friendships. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, dude. I know you probably never played this too much, but Mario Kart, even now, if you played your friends. No, I actually 
I don't think I've actually played it at all, to be honest. Oh, have you got a Switch? No. Okay, well, if you get one, get the new Mario Kart and tell me. Tell me <laughs> your relationship is the same with the people you play with. <laughs> um, another one one of my fucking favourites fuck what people say is Donkey Kong 64 um, it's another 3D platformer but you're the, you're the Donkey Kong crew um, there's more 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 big old Kongs in this one uh, there's Donkey Kong rap and there's bananas and uh, they all have guns <laughs> that shoot like different types of uh, fruits and nuts Ah, so like okay. Diddy Kong has like magnums that shoot peanuts. Uh, <laughs> Donkey Kong has a bazooka that shoots fucking um oh wait no. He has a rifle that shoots coconuts. Chunky Kong has a fucking thing that shoots pineapples because goes all doom. <laughs> Real cool. Great game. Um and it's fairly open level for it. It's like you still just go everywhere and complete stuff in whatever order you want. Mm-hmm. Collect big bananas and it's it's very fun. I still quote it to this day. <laughs> so, like oh, yeah. Tara would be like you want to go somewhere I'm like okay you know <laughs> yeah alright uh, F0X uh, I guess the X stands for 10 no uh, no it's just X it's edgy oh. edge okay <laughs> it's not a phase <laughs> it's not a phase uh, they got the extra hot topic. Uh, <laughs> did you ever play extra. Wipeout, Obi, on the PlayStation? Yes! Yes, Wipeout I did play. So Wipeout was inspired by F-Zero. Then oh. F-Zero is more fast-paced. So it's it's like you're in these hover cars and you're fucking hooning along, getting speed ups, and it's real cool. It's basically okay. Nintendo's Wipeout. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's cool to get yeah. a similarity. So, pretty cool game. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool game. Um, yeah, the next one, and this is not up for debate, according to most people, it is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Anywhere you look, anywhere you look on the internet, these games are universally praised and universally adored. Have they aged well? In some respects, no. But the core things that they did in those games, the way they opened up the world for adventures and stuff, that was unheard of at the time. And all these open world games we play now, we owe a lot of that to these games. Hmm. They were true milestones. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, Pokemon Stadium. Well, <laughs> it's Pokemon, duh. But you're doing it in a stadium form. Yeah. What more do you need to know? You throw Pokeballs, you blast people in 3D. It's badass. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one is GoldenEye. Um, which is basically the, <laughs> the earliest way to really, really, really learn hatred towards your friends. <laughs> like, like, okay, yeah, Mario Kart's a thing. But GoldenEye, man. I think I nearly <laughs> strangled my best friend Mikey with a cord. <laughs> like I was ready to go, you know. I was eight and ready for prison. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, it's a very early example of a, a console first-person shooter. Mm. Now, bear in mind, it didn't have dual analog sticks; it had one. 
so all the jank that comes with that is part of the skill set. Yep. It's it's yeah, it's rough, but it, it deserves its crown. Yeah. Didn't the PlayStation One controller still have like one jo- one joystick? No. So the PlayStation controller started out with a D pad and four yeah. face buttons and yeah. the bumpers, and then it went to the Dual Shock where it got two analog sticks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. True. Yeah. Yeah. So and they've stuck to that design since. Yeah. So yeah. it works. It does. Cool. The Pokemon Snap game. It's uh well a, a shooter, but instead of killing the Pokemon, you're photographing them. Yeah, so if you've ever been to an arcade and played like you know, like the Jurassic Park game where you you know, all the dinosaurs are chasing you and you you know, shooting at them or the alien ones, that sort of thing where you're not in control of your movement, only your aiming. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's what's called a rail shooter, and that's what Pokemon Snap is. But instead of murdering Pokemon like a fucking monster, you're a photographer. You're taking photos of them. You know, trying yeah. to get the moment where the magic cup jumps into the fucking waterfall just before it turns into a Gyarados and stuff like that. That's the mm-hmm. whole point of it. This is back in the know. days when we only had like one fifty, all right. So it's not such a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, cool. The other one is Star Wars Episode One Racer. Now, that's a pod racing game. <laughs> and if you've watched Star Wars Episode One, all you need to know is, now that's pod racing! <laughs> that's all you need to know. But it's a very fast game. Sort of like m but Star Wars. And you always need Star Wars. Um, yeah. they, they had quite a few good Star Wars games, actually. Um, there was that one, there was Rogue Squadron. And there's another one that I can't remember the name of, but it was like an FPS, I believe, in Star Wars. Um, Not Battlefront, no, that was too. No, no, well before that. Hmm. Um, Hold up, I'm just looking it up now. Cool, I'll take the next one while you're doing that. The Mario Party game. Yeah, it's a multiplayer party game with, well, you guessed it, Mario. And other famous characters, like maybe Luigi. Yeah, exactly. What about Bowser? Bowser? Bowser. Basically all those. All those cool cats are there, Peach. You know, all those guys. Uh, It's just party party games. Um, So it's called Shadows of the Empire. Hmm. And it's a third-person shooter. And like, you know, once again, the graphics haven't aged too well. But back in the day, you wanted to fucking blast the Stormtroopers. That's how you did it. Yeah. PlayStation didn't have that shit, you know? They did. So, yeah. <laughs> Battlefront. No, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Oh, man. I mean, I Battlefront was PlayStation 2, alright? Don't even start. Yeah, so? It's on Steam, too, and we've played it together a couple of times. We have. Oh, we have. good old days. <laughs> if it wasn't for that graphic glitch, I would have fucked you guys up. <laughs> Get some, bitch. <laughs> But yeah, um, so basically, in summary, I have a lot of love for the N64. I understand its shortcomings, but I think that if you're going to collect a Nintendo console for something other than just the good game library, the N64 is the one, because all of its cool different variants. Like, once you own a Super Nintendo, you have 
you collect the three regions it has, and then you're done. Mm. Yeah, you know, then it's just games. But with an N64, you chase that. You chase that. Oh, oh, I found this color. I found this one. Like, I, I the amount of excitement I had when I found my gold one, I, mm. I think I fucking, like, nearly vomited up a fucking pancreas or something. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's cool. So, there is that the dopamine hit there for you. Uh, so yeah, um, I don't know. Collect them yeah. or don't. But if you do collect them, talk to me about it because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. That I, I kind of shows the two different people that we are, to be honest. Because you enjoy collecting these old older consoles, and I'm like, eh, it's outdated, gone with it. <laughs> you say that now, but what happened when we did the Game Boy Color? Uh, uh shit. That wasn't me no. browsing the whole episode for a Game Boy Color. No, totally no, not exactly. Wait until we start playing games that you have nostalgia for. Then you're in for real trouble. (laughs) But yeah, cool, man. Obi, I've done a lot of talking. Mm -hmm. How about you talk? Cool. I like talking. Uh, So, after we've done this main portion of the episode, we're going to hop into uh, the next section, which is our music section. Actually, uh, not many people know this, but the music section is our main section. The hobby podcast is just a front. Yeah, basically, yeah. we actually wanted to be, <laughs> we actually wanted to be big in music reviewing. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah. So we've got you what, a. What are, we, what are we doing this week? Yeah, this one we're reviewing a album that we've been waiting for. What feels like ages. It's. Uh, Pain Remains by Lorna Shore uh, Lorna Shore is a deathcore band who recently or well recently got a new singer Will Ramos and he's added so much to the band so yeah, yeah. it's it's a perfect storm with those guys like um, they're great musicians all of them like yeah unbelievable Definitely. musicians and I, then just having that, not only the vocal prowess that Will brings, but mm. the star power as well. Like, his personality is huge. And that, I think, yeah. is what puts it over the edge. Yeah, honestly, and it's not just that. Like, his writing skills for writing yeah. lyrics on top of everything. And that shows so much in this album. Like Yeah, for sure. Uh it's got a theme across the whole album, basically, uh, where uh, he he wants his main character to become, like, an, he's intoxicated by this dream world, basically, and he's doing everything he can to return back to his dream state. Is that uh, what it's about? Yeah, sort of like that. And I knew the last three tracks were about that. I didn't know it went through most of the album. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, and it, it kind of makes it a lot more sense across the, the whole album. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Sweet. opening the opening track is like, uh, Welcome back, O Sleeping Dreamer. I mean, <laughs> it kind of hints straight at the, at, at, back at the, you know, oh, at, at the whole I, theme going across I, it. I thought that was a personalized welcome to me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I am an old sleepy dreamer. <laughs> yeah, and like for example, uh, track number five, "Soulless Existence." 
he talks about the between the black and white you know the phase of where you're actually sleeping and not sleeping yeah yeah so it and his way with words man like like you said the last three tracks they are so magnificent like my lord it it brought me to tears i let my yeah. girlfriend listen to it it brought her to tears when she read the lyrics uh, and she it was just like what is going on this is a deathcore album this is heavy as shit and it's it has so much soul into it at the same time this is yeah. unheard of for deathcore and it, it, oh. that those three tracks especially the first one is groundbreaking yeah definitely there's no way around it and and it's got a lot of people in the metal community speaking up about mental health as well yeah which i think is amazing exactly yeah and they've yeah. made music videos for most of the the songs in the album and i highly recommend you listen to to pain remains trio trilogy they have one uh, an edited version where they have the subtitles going in simultaneously which can be good for you because uh, while Will Ramos is very good at pronunciating while he's screaming, some people will find it hard to understand what he's what he's singing. Oh yeah, and just how fast he sings too. Yeah, like even he's... when he's pronouncing correctly, he's like very fast sometimes. So yeah, exactly. And like, like you said, like the first track of that trilogy is Jesus Christ, the emotions it breaks up in you, dude. What is Man, going it, on? I'm not. I'm not someone that gets brought to emotion by media like that often. No. Um, and, and especially neither is uh, my cousin who's a witness protection. But him and I were talking about it, man. And we both teared up at that song. Yeah. Like, like it, it's heavy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, emotionally heavy. And I think anyone that's, that's lost someone that they care about mm. will resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to a big degree, you know? Exactly. And it, it, that theme stretches across those three songs, man. Like, it, the first one is definitely... Gr- like it, it feels like it's the different stages of, you know, grief. And then you go to anger yeah. and dis- like disappointment. And, and you know, in, in the end, like, the person that this is about, uh, he, he basically ends up killing himself at the end. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he he can't deal with it with the loss of of le- losing his loved one, so it's uh... so so it's interesting if you if you watch the videos, that's the meaning you get from it because that's yeah. the narrative in the videos. Yeah, but the actual lyrics themselves have a slightly different narrative as well. Mm. So it's even cooler. Like the lyrics are very much like you said about the dream state. Mm. So, like, you know, when, when you wake up, obviously, if you fall in love with someone in your dream, mm. it feels very vivid and stuff like that. When yeah, you wake yeah. up, for all intents and purposes, that person's just died. Yeah. And I, I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but, like, I definitely did, you know, because I have very vivid dreams where, like, you're just like, how the fuck do I get back to that dream? Like, yeah. it's almost distressing because you feel like you've spent years in this place mm. and you know this person. Mm. And it, it's... It's fucking hardcore, man. And so it's like, it's it's opened up a lot of discussion about obviously mental health because of the dark theme mm. of the videos. Mm. It's got 
a lot of art to it because of mm. the lyric, the way it's done. And then the music is done very well as well. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, and not even just the heavy parts. Like, it's it's heavy, it's deathcore, but it has, like, the symphonic parts with, like, orchestras and everything in there. And it's just the yeah. perfect blend of everything. And honestly, to me, I hope, I truly hope that this will set what will def what will define deathcore for the years to come, because I am a little bit tired of the deathcore that is just heavy to be heavy, and this is yeah. heavy with actual meaning behind the songs and purpose. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and like like I said, like music that can bring you to tears just by by listening to it. Like wow, wow, dude, this album yeah. is it's definitely for me. It's it's the best things we've gotten this year for music wise. Um, yeah, I would. We'll save that for a later episode. That big part. <laughs> we need it's... to have a conversation about that. We're doing an album of the year, guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm giving it a, a nine and a half out of 10. Like it, it, sometimes there's like a little thingy that like, it, it, it's not a perfect score for me, but it's sublime all the way through. Um, there's no song that's a skip on this one. Well, to be honest, they're all bangers, all of them. Um, yeah. I, I, for me, from where I sit, all those points we just discussed, a hundred percent. Um, I'm not a deathcore guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. Um, I like it for an autopsy. And I love Lorna Shaw, but I'm not much of a deathcore guy because of the whole mm-hmm. heavy for the sake of heavy thing. I like shit yeah. with a bit of punch and a bit of you know melody and emotion to it generally. Um, even if that emotion is just heavy, but you know. Generally speaking, I'm not a big deathcore guy. I'm more of a melodic death guy. Um, but this album, man, fucking, it's the old one too. It's everything I want it to be. Mm. Um, like, even just uh, fucking Sanita, when we reviewed yeah. that, and that is yeah. on there. I love that song. I think, like, just the scream, the way he says, you know, I'll eat the sun, it's like, yeah. it just feels raw, man. I love mm. that. And the Pain Remains trilogy, man, they're a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just a thing. Well, the one thing I will say for me that puts it down a slight rung is not that there's any bad tracks. There's no skips for sure. But it's very much... Because it is Deathcore, there's not a lot of texture between the sounds. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, It's heavy... And then more heavy, and then more heavy, and then more heavy. And that's good. That's good if you want Deathcore. Like, that's fine. Mm. But, like, it can get a little samey set. You know what I mean? Um, but luckily, towards the end, those last three tracks are mm. such juggernauts that it pulls it mm. right the fuck up. Now, even if they didn't have those three tracks, this album would probably still be a pretty solid seven and a half for me. Mm. But with those three tracks, with how good they are, and the intro ones, um, providing I'm in the mood for Lord of Shaw, which I am a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would I would also give it a 9.5 goblins out of 10. Mm. Um, so, 
Yeah, it's it, it is the business, the absolute yeah. business. And if you haven't listened to Lana Shaw, just go do it. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing here? Put us on. Put it on cue straight after this episode. Go. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna oh, end up in the in the playlist uh, straight away. But I'll just give you a a taste of one of the lyrics in the the songs, which is probably the fav- my favorite one to sing along to is. Uh, I'll salt the earth in the crimson blaze. The world will burn in my fall from grace. Witness the death of God, hear the devil's choir. As I leave the stage in a sea of fire. Oh my lord. That's so good. And the way he just sings, the world will burn. Like so much anger behind that that sentence. I don't give a shit anymore. I just want... I just wanted to end, basically. Oh, Jesus Man, the, the one for me, like the verse that gets me, that 100% is like the tearjerker, mm. and Pain Remains One, is uh, towards the end. It's like, a yeah. wrinkle in time, take what's left of my life before you go. Show me what it's like to finally know. The face behind the silhouette in this world I made to be infinite. And this is like him building up his screen. Yeah. And it's like, but within the expanse, I finally see it, and then the music drops out, and he just goes, yeah. a world without you is not meant for me. And, like, it sounds yeah. so heartfelt, man. That just wrecked me. Yeah, I was straight like, off. <sighs> straight off. Yeah, I, I, just the way how it, it, he says a couple of things more, that he's, what, what he's will I do with, what, what will I yeah. do without you? And then it just goes into the second song straight away, bang up hard, and I'll, I'll disappear straight away. It's like, just, just the follow up of the two songs into each other is like, oh my lord, this is, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it is. It is. Oh. It's fucking, it's fucking wonderful, man. Yeah. So highly recommend <laughs> listen to this one. Even if you're not a Deathcore fan, listen to the last three songs then. And you'll get sucked straight in. Yeah, and, and if you can't understand the lyrics, even if you don't like it, just throw a lyric video on. Just to just to absorb it. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's something there for everybody if you can actually understand the lyrics. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah. It, it's a good song to help somebody deal with pain and, and like you said, somebody losing somebody. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. sweet. Um, now, quickly, I'm just going to do a little shout-out here. Um, my dear friends, Reb and Chris, they actually own a business out at uh, Eat Street in Brizzy, uh, which is like a cool food market. Um, it's called the Super Shop. Now, if you live in Brisbane, go there and buy their fucking Greek food and tell them we sent you. Just say g'day, because they're fucking good people or small businesses are struggling at the moment. Everyone knows that. The economy's a bit shit. So if you're thinking about going or you're a bit on the fence or you're just not aware of it, go down there. They'll look after you. They're great people and they'll hook you up with good food. I just, yeah, had to get that out there from my homies. Very cool. Um, Besides that... Not sponsored, by the way. Genuine just shout out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know who we are sponsored by, though, Obi? Our patrons. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, <laughs> we are. Definitely. Uh, if you would like to join Patreon, there's a link in the description. Uh, you know, any kind of support, it, it helps us out tremendously. We've been 
doing a lot of things in the background for them and uh, we're very excited that some of the stuff is starting to land in our patreons oh, yeah. hands they're little silly hands yeah man exactly you know we 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 bust our ass for this podcast, basically. Like I said, I've, I've been up nearly 24 hours straight. Mm. I'm sunburnt like a lobster. I'm here because I fucking love you guys. And, you know, a little bit of money in the old bank account, so it doesn't have to come out of our pocket to make this podcast. It just makes us want to do it more. So we appreciate all of our patrons. And if you'd love to become one and help push the show forward, do it. Hell yeah. Hit us up. Um, um, you can also join our Discord and such. Right? We have a pump in Discord, mostly featuring Obi, the lead singer of Korn. <laughs> um, <laughs> but nah, seriously, we're, you know, not always, but most of the time there's people in there bumping on, hanging out, painting models. Yeah, playing cool. games, because Dark Tide's playing here. Playing games. Dark Tide's out, exactly, well, nearly out, you know. Yeah. Um, Playing Gundam games that I can't play because I'm in fucking Australia. <laughs> Apparently, we don't matter. <laughs> yep. Oh. Um, I think we also have a new patron, right? Uh, we did. No, I don't think we did. But no? we're... Or is, is this an old note? It was just because or we just gotta shout him out. Yeah, because he's just a stand-up guy. Big fat Polly, you're a good guy. He also is uh, Twitch streaming at the moment because of Dark Tide. Ah. So oh. if you guys want to go follow him and listen to him talk shit, and you'll probably hear us drop in there every now and then. That's uh, what we do. Definitely do it, because we're going to be playing with him. Yeah. 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 Oh, um. also, quick shout out to Drunken. I don't know if I did it already. Did I tell you, everyone, that he bought me stuff? I don't remember. <laughs> No. Basically, Drunken sent me a care package full of Christmas gifts. Um, yeah. I got a Space Wolf pin, I got Bayard's Revenge from the Black Templars, which is like a limited edition model. Mm. He sent me a Game Boy Advance SP and a really fucking nice Christmas card. Yeah. Drunken, you Laurie smashing madman, we fucking love you, man. <laughs> yeah. He did the same to me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, like... Government sanctions on this cunt. <laughs> like, I bought one model from him, and he sent me four in the total. <laughs> it's like, what, what What? am I supposed to... Oh, my, I can't deal with this kindness. He's just too nice. <laughs> Wait till I send him an N64. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Talking about Drunken, he is also the sponsor of our Orc giveaway, which we kind of might have forgotten to give away last time. So we're quickly going to do that. I'm so not across this, eh? Yeah, how did we forget? I'm going to let you handle it. Okay, yeah. So I've written down the names for the people who all commented in the October is here channel. So, Am I if, doing a number generator? Yes, we are. Uh, I got it. it uh, how, many, how many entries do we need? We have 11 people entering. So 1 to 11. In no particular order. Well, in order. Alright, I'm gonna do it. Uh, I think I pressed go. Alright, so the number drawn is 2. Number 2? That is, is Sextus. That's 
one of my uh, Swedish guildmates from uh, Tacticus. <laughs> oh, well, would you like to give it to him? Uh, I'll send him. Works? I'll send him a message and see if he wants it or not. Cool. Yeah. By the way, guys, I know we're really disorganized, but you just gotta know we don't we don't plan the shit. We just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a little bit of planning. It's just that sometimes things slip through. Sometimes Blake plans them after a shift at work and is barely awake. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you guys very much for joining us today. Uh, it's always fun hanging out with you, Obi, and with our listeners. And uh, yeah, until next time, crank that fucking air. We'll sleep that grey. We, we are, are the Knights of the Hobbit, Hobbit Table. Bitching! See you guys. Come on.